right, everybody, welcome to episode 12, the Backseat Huddle Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Tristan Weber. I'm be taking you around the NFL and just giving you guys my opinions. And today, I'm going to start off with the Dallas Cowboys. So, the Dallas Cowboys recently lost to the Green Bay Packers, which to me isn't really that big of a deal. However, I think it's now significantly more clear, perhaps, than it was before that the Dallas Cowboys are not a Super Bowl contender. The Dallas Cowboys have three very obvious weaknesses, and they all point to the fact that this is not a Super Bowl caliber team. Uh, number one, they don't have a great coach. Number two, they do not stop the run well. And number three, they don't have enough weapons on the outside. And all of those three things are absolute killers if you want to make a deep playoff run. So let's go ahead and look at this Cowboys team and take it Take those issues one by one in order, okay? So they don't have a great coach. I mean, at this point, we know who Mike McCarthy is, and Mike McCarthy is Mike McCarthy. He's done a solid enough job turning this team around from the end of the Jason Garrett era. However, do we attribute that more to Kellen Moore, the offensive coordinator, and more specifically Dan Quinn, the defensive coordinator for fixing the defense? Or do we give more of that credit to Mike McCarthy? I mean, he got fired from Green Bay for a reason. I have an opinion on Mike McCarthy. You have an opinion on Mike McCarthy. And our opinions are likely very similar opinions. When Mike McCarthy is your head coach, do you ever feel like you have a coaching advantage in any given game? I mean, if you stack him up against the Sean McVays of the world, the Bill Belichick's of the world, the Andy Reid's of the world, in theory, the Nick Sirianni's of the world, because he looks like a really good coach. Uh, the Kyle Shanahan's of the world, do we feel like Mike McCarthy has an advantage or is even level with those coaches? I don't. Now, they also don't stop the run well like I talked about at all. They can absolutely get after you in the pass rush, okay? The Dallas Cowboys pass rush is no joke, but they currently rank 21st in the league in rushing yards allowed per game. Now, they that includes giving up 200 yards in back on the ground in back-to-back weeks against the Chicago Bears and the Green Bay Packers, okay? And that's an issue when you're in a conference with the likes of Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley may be there in the playoffs. If you get there, the Giants have a winning record right now. They're, they look like they might end up in the playoffs, and that's an issue. I mean, you, if if they don't clean that up by playoff time, that is going to be a major issue. And lastly, they just don't have enough weapons on the outside. Right now, I mean, obviously, CeeDee Lamb is coming off of a career game against the Green Bay Packers with 11 passes and 150, 150 yards. But who else is there? What did anybody else do in that game? Their next closest wide receiver in that game was Michael Gallup, who caught four yards, four passes for 35 yards. And their next pass catcher, statistically, was their tight end. Dalton Schultz with six catches for 54 yards. As it stands right now, CeeDee Lamb, their wide receiver one, has 53 receptions for 706 yards and five touchdowns. Their next leading wide receiver is Noah Brown with 26 catches for 342 yards and one single touchdown. And that's just not good enough in today's NFL. I mean, seventh round of seventh round pick out of Ohio State being your lead second leading pass catcher just isn't going to cut it. That's not the way the NFL works anymore. I mean, when we look at teams like Tampa Bay, that's got 
in theory, two legitimate wide receiver ones. I mean, I just, and look at last year, the Cincinnati Bengals. We've seen all the firepower they have. The Kansas City Chiefs, all the fire power that they have. That's just not today's modern NFL. And at some point, the Dallas Cowboys in the playoffs, because they're going to make it, they're going to run into a team like, say, San Francisco that can shut down their running game, the Dallas Cowboys running game, and they're going to be able to take CeeDee Lamb out of the game, and then they don't have anybody else. They just don't have anything else. Dallas Cowboys just currently do not have enough. Dallas is not a Super Bowl caliber team. I don't think that's really a shock to anyone, but I just wanted to come out and list the reasons I truly felt like they were not a Super Bowl caliber team. So moving on, uh, this one's a bit hot takey. I'll admit it, but Justin Jefferson should be an MVP frontrunner. Now, this is perhaps a knee-jerk overreaction to what we saw on Sunday against the Buffalo Bills, but Justin Jefferson has a massive impact and massive value to the Minnesota Vikings. The dude just opens up everything. I mean, sure, we have Dalvin Cook on the Minnesota Vikings, but Justin Jefferson's different, man. Justin Jefferson almost single-handedly is the reason that the Minnesota Vikings not just won the game against the Buffalo Bills. I mean, kept the minute at all from being a blowout. I mean, that catch, if that doesn't happen, we're talking about a whole different ball game here. That catch on fourth down was incredible, and that was the lightning rod for winning the game. And people make a big fuss. You hear it every week for every Minnesota Vikings game about how they have all these comeback wins. You know what you have to do in order to have a comeback win? Throw the ball. It is decidedly challenging to lean on your running game when you are down however many points. So, if you have to throw the ball, that means you have to lean on Kirk Cousins. And we know what Kirk Cousins is. Come on now. We know what Kirk Cousins is. I'm a, I'm a Kirk Cousins guy. I like Kirk Cousins. Michigan State fan. I love him. But he is what he is. And this season, all of a sudden, he looks different. And why do you think that that is? He got an offensive coach, sure. But let's call it how it is. Justin Jefferson has taken it to the next level. And they lean on Justin Jefferson. Right now, at this moment, Justin Jefferson has 69 receptions for 1,060 yards and four touchdowns and is averaging 117.8 yards per game. That's the highest average yards per game in the National Football League. And that's more than Tariq Hill, who we all agree is on a record-setting pace and is one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. The issue for Justin Jefferson is going to be his lack of touchdowns. And there, I mean, that that's part of it, but we've seen why wow, he gets bracketed in the red zone, and it's, it's just tough. I mean... When you are that clearly dominant, teams are going to do whatever they can to stop you. However, to make a case, another case for Justin Jefferson to be the MVP, there are people out there who feel, I'm not one of these guys, but there are people who feel that the MVP should be the best player on the best team. And right now, he is the best player on a team that is tied for the best record in the NFL. So why not Justin Jefferson? And just because Justin Jefferson is not a quarterback does not mean he should be excluded from the MVP conversation. He still brings massive value to his team. Have we ever seen Kirk Cousins look this good? No. No. We haven't seen him look this good. We haven't seen a Minnesota Vikings team that was this good that we thought was for real since Brett Favre left. And Justin Jefferson is a huge 
reason why. He has a massive impact to this team, and I'm willing to bet there are people out there who are way smarter than me who are willing to analyze exactly why he's so important. But I know greatness when I see it. You know greatness when you see it. And Justin Jefferson jumps off the screen every single week. When you need a big play, you know you lean on your best players. You lean on your guys. And he's their guy, and he delivers. And for me, for that reason, Justin Jefferson deserves to be considered one of the most valuable players in the NFL and deserves to be in contention for the MVP award. Someone who's also getting tossed around as an MVP award candidate is Tua Tungavailoa. And Tua Tungavailoa is officially being overrated, and that's okay because Tua has earned the right to be considered overrated. And I know that sounds contradictory, but it isn't. And at this moment, Tua is having a really nice season. He's putting together some really good numbers. But it's really easy to look good when everything is perfect for you. And right now, he is in a perfect situation. And right now, he has everything. He has an excellent, clearly excellent young offensive mind the coach he has arguably the greatest wide receiving duo we have ever seen he has a running back in jeff wilson who's now going for over 100 yards on the ground and he also has an excellent tight end in mike gesicki okay and he also has an extremely improved offensive line right now everything's just going right for him he has literally everything right going for him and that's making him look better than he actually is and there's multiple precedents for this We've seen quarterbacks play really, really well when things are going right for them. Now, we've seen players like Baker Mayfield, Case Keenum, and even Jimmy Garoppolo play extremely well under the correct, proper circumstances. And right now, the circumstances are right for him. Now, given he is outperforming those guys statistically, I will give you that. So there is some merit, and he's very likely better than those players, okay? However, Tua Tungavailoa, is a lot closer to a Baker Mayfield, Jimmy Garoppolo type of player than he is a Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen. He's an undersized quarterback without impressive measurables, and that's okay. That is totally okay. And while Tua may have everything going right for him right now, the perfect coach, excellent offensive line, excellent wide receivers, excellent tight ends, he does still have to utilize those. He does still have to make that happen. And alternatively, previously, Tua has had a coach where he didn't believe in him, who tried to get rid of him, who was defensive-oriented, who, who just wasn't the right coach and who we don't necessarily think of may be the proper coach in the NFL. So while Tua is discussed right now as being a potential top-five quarterback, he's also previously been discussed as an absolute bust or a potential bust. And it's likely he's just neither of those things. He's likely somewhere just in the middle. And that's totally okay. That is totally okay. Not everybody is going to be Patrick Mahomes. Not everybody's going to be Drew Brees. Not everybody's going to be Joe Burrow. And that's totally cool. Tua is clearly a talented quarterback with a coach who is getting the most out of him. But it's likely he is not a top five quarterback. He's not a bust like we discussed before. He's likely just somewhere in between. So to finish up my show, this one's going to be kind of a shorter one. I'm just going to get you with some quick hitters here. Uh, first, Akeem Hicks is apparently the most important member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
according to Greg Alman on Twitter, he's part of the athletic. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are now four and oh when Akeem Hicks plays, and they're one and five when he doesn't. So they give up 69 and a half rushing yards. Nice. Uh, with Akeem Hicks and 148.3 without, they give up 10 and a half points per game with Akeem Hicks and 23 points per game without. Tom Brady, who? Who's Tom Brady? It's Akeem Nicks season out here for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There's also a lot of chatter about how Josh Allen is leading the NFL in interceptions this season, and I'm not ready to make a big deal out of it, and here's why. You know who led the NFL in interceptions last year? Matthew Stafford. So it's something, but it's not everything, and it can be a worrying sign, but I'm not ready to give up on Josh Allen yet. The Kadarius Tony pickup for the Chiefs looks huge right now. I mean, given that they had Juju go down and MVS go down, I mean, him coming in there looks like it could make a serious impact, and he shows some of that electricity that got Kadarius Tony drafted in the first round, and there is zero doubt in my mind that Kadarius Tony is going to fail in Kansas City. This is going to end up looking like an absolute steal for the Chiefs. According to NFL research on Twitter, this is the least where I found it. The Jets defense is on pace to be the first in the NFL Super Bowl era to rank top 10 in scoring and total defense this season after ranking last in both. So it's kind of an overly specific stat, but it makes me feel better about doubling down that Robert Sala is probably the right coach up there in New York. That is really impressive. And I love what Kyle Shanahan is doing down in San Francisco to a lot of observers. It looks like he's taking now that they have Elijah Mitchell back. It looks like he's taking the ball out of Christian McCaffrey's hands by giving Elijah Mitchell the majority of the carries Sunday night versus the Chargers. But why wouldn't you? It makes perfect sense. Christian McCaffrey has an injury history and Kyle Shanahan is clearly keeping him on a snap count so that Christian McCaffrey can be ready, available and healthy and fresh in the playoffs, which is when they need him to make an impact. So it makes sense. They're keeping him on a snap count. So they try to keep him out of trouble and try to keep him healthy. Watch out for the Falcons and the bears game this week. That is very likely to be a high scoring, very fun, very exciting game. Both teams, both of those offenses run the ball extremely well and have very mobile quarterbacks and neither team plays defense very well. So, Bears Falcons is going to be my bet for the exciting, fun game of the week. And the Packers play the Titans this season. Or sorry, the Packers play the Titans this week on Thursday. And just like last week, the Packers season very much hangs on this game. However, I'm going to make a prediction right now. Uh, this, 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 sorry, the Packers season hangs on this game, not just in the way that they need to win it, uh, but the Titans are one of the best coach games. I'm messing this one up. Let's restart here. The Packers play against the Titans this week. Uh, and just like last week, the Titans, the, the Packers season really hangs on this game, but not just in the way that they need to win the game. The Titans play really, really, really good defense. And the Packers are going to, more specifically, Aaron Rodgers is going to have to keep his head up this game. We have seen in the past when they face adversity that he's not necessarily a foxhole guy. He's not necessarily that guy who's going to bring those leadership qualities to the table where he just struggles with that, okay? The Packers should and can win this game. 
But Aaron Rodgers needs to bring out some of those leadership qualities when the going gets tough in this game because it will get tough in this game because the Titans are excellently coached. Cool. Sorry, I had to repeat that, y'all. Thank everybody for tuning in. Feel free to like and subscribe. Take care, everybody.